unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Banana, 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 banana. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Hello, happy Tuesday. It is 5, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Tuesday nights, your place for the Raw and Unscripted Show with yours truly, Christopher Roush, your no excuses coach. And you are at the place where I help you overcome your self created crap without the self help fluffy bullshit. I want to thank you guys for tuning in, whether you're live or on the replay, whether you're watching the video cast or the podcast. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. We are on episode 198, if you can believe that. And actually, in all honesty tonight's episode is recorded because today is valentine's day today is the day of love that we have the holiday that we tell everybody we love them and we do things in acts of gratitude to show them that we appreciate them so in all honesty i'm actually uh, recording this episode so i can spend time with my wife and my son and celebrate valentine's day with them and let them know that they are the most important people in my life so thank you for enjoying this particular solo episode with me it's going to be a short one i want to talk today about uh, self-love and i want to talk about the importance of that but before we do that i want to let you know that this show is brought to you by our friends at uh, Help Heal Humanity. HelpHealHumanity.org is an incredible organization. Um, it's a sponsor of this particular show, and I've been on the board of directors now for three years, and I thoroughly enjoy the, the fact that I get to work with an organization where all of the money goes directly towards the causes that we're raising money for. So whether it's building schools or feeding the homeless in Haiti, feeding the homeless in Canada, doing things here in the United States, sending kids to school, uh, doing sports events and things of that nature, um, it's all based on the fact that we love to help heal humanity and we don't care where people come from, what their situation is, their origin stories. It's all about humanity and together we can actually make humanity a, a much better thing to be focusing on. Uh, especially if you watch the news and all the politics and everything else, they're trying to divide us. But uh, the fact remains that no matter what color you are, what size you are, what re religious context that you follow, anything else, you split us down the middle, we're all the same. We all bleed red. We can all have interchangeable parts. And so together we can help heal humanity. So when you get value out of this particular episode or other episodes that I have done, obviously 197 of them prior to today, um, when you find value in those, just make a donation to helphealhumanity.org. Whatever it is you possibly can do, that's why I do what I do is to make this world a better place for who I am and what I do. And I know you'll get value out of this particular episode and all the other episodes. So make a donation, whether it's 25 bucks, 50 bucks, $100, whatever it is you can possibly do. If you want to support one of the children we send to school and we feed every year in Haiti. That would be amazing. My wife and I do that. And it's also obviously tax deductible. Um, but together we can make a difference in this world. And that's why I'm bringing this show to you. That's why I don't have advertisers or commercials or anything. It's just about what we can do to help heal humanity. So go over there and a special thing that I'm doing right now, when you donate $200 or more, you get an hour of free coaching with myself. So an hour of mindset coaching with myself to make sure that you have a kick-ass 2023 and you get a tax deductible donation and you know that you're helping uh, an amazing organization. We've had Serena, Buff Serena Buffalino here on the show a few times. She's been on my Friday night show, The Unfiltered Experience as well. Just a tremendous individual and together we can help heal humanity. So thank you for that. And that again is going from uh, the aspect of love. We need to have love for one another. We need to have love for ourselves. And I want to show you something that I share with my coaching clients and I've shared with you uh, here on the show before, but uh, it's just really a, a graphic of what really starts off our life and who we become the people we become. So allow me just to present this here for a second. Uh, let's see. Where's that? I don't want that. Um, why is that? not let me do that. What I want to do. Uh, share the screen. Um, 
let's see here we go so here we go ladies and gentlemen so this is something i created i call it uh like the cycle of insanity the cycle of life so as you're looking at the bottom of the screen, that's the conditioning process. You've heard me talk about it here on the show. The conditioning process is what we go through between the ages of zero and five, basically when we're born and when we're five years old. Think about all the different inputs that you had in your life and all the different statements that were told to you. Were they constructive statements or were they destructive statements? Uh, did your teachers support you or did they make you feel like an idiot? I know for me, when I was in school, I was very challenged early on and I wanted to participate in class, but I found out uh, later on in life that I had a vision uh, situation where I couldn't see the board. And I also had a hearing problem where I couldn't necessarily hear the teachers. So when I would raise my hand and I would sit there and answer the wrong question or not fully understand what it is that I was being asked of, I would embarrass myself and I would not take that le leap and to uh, offer my uh, proactiveness in school anymore. So that conditioning process really tainted me as far as, you know, being in school because I didn't want to make myself look like an ass. And so that conditioning process really taught me to be seen and not heard. And that's something that's also was going on in my house. There was a lot of physical, uh, mental abuse going on in the house. So the conditioning process that I experienced was not one of love and inclusion and, you know, everything else like that. It was about what you did wrong, what you continue to do wrong, what you're doing to piss me off, which was my mother. Um, and so when you think about the, the childhood conditioning process that happens, I'm pretty surprised I'm as loving as I, as I really am, because according to my sister, the first few years of my life, mother was not there holding me or taking care of me. It was my sister who was responsible for that. And so I'm not sure how well that process went about, but today I'm a, a very loving and compassionate human being. It's taken me a lot of work and that's what I want to talk about in this particular episode is I would not be the person that I am today had I not been able to correct a lot of the conditioning patterns that happened in my life that caused me not to have faith and love in myself. I always thought, you know, as long as I is that it pretty much got to the point where as long as I don't screw anything up, then I should be worthy of love. But, you know, ultimately it became about me becoming a people pleaser and going out and there doing that stuff. So when you think about the conditioning process that helps create our beliefs. So if we don't have the belief that we're worthy of being heard and understood and listened to, if we're, we don't have the belief that we have valuable contributions to make in, in, in communication and in our lives, if we have this belief that we're not worthy of love or that we have to earn love, it has to be conditional, that belief shapes, shapes our attitudes. So when you think about it, some people are out there fun, love, and they're enjoying life. You can tell they add love in their life and you can tell they give love. And then you find other people are out there are very, you know, we call them the Karens of the world, if you will. Um, those people are angry and bitter and resentful and they're speculative and they're, they're, they want you to earn their trust and their respect. They want you to earn their love before they'll give it to you. And again, where our belief system is at, if we feel like we have to earn that trust and that love and that belief before we can actually get it unconditionally, then there's some work for us to be doing there as well. And our beliefs obviously create our attitudes and our attitudes create our feelings and our feelings create therefore our actions. So when you think about the situation in the world that you're living in right now, is it a world of abundance and love or is it a world of scarcity and fear? And that's something we're going to be talking about here in this broadcast as well as how we can look through the lens of love more often than we look through the lens of fear. Because again, that conditioning process, if we have a fear of speaking up, if we have a fear of not being loved unconditionally, if we have a fear of being beaten uh, mentally, physically, or spiritually, then again, that's going to shape our actions in our world and that's what we're going to attract most because you know um you've heard of the power the the, the law of attraction you know the, the powerful book the uh the secret and the movie the secret um a lot of that is like you know however we are in the world and however we put ourselves out to the world is what we tend to attract so if you're bitter and you don't think that you deserve love or if you screw up every relationship that you possibly ever had guess what you're going to find more opportunities to support that because that's that conditioning that's ingrained within yourself so again now we're the one to emphasize this because think back upon your life and think back to your childhood 
Was there a lot of in, in, in hugs? Was there, was there a lot of love and hugs and affection and things of that nature? Or did you grow up in a household that was much like mine, where it was all about what you had to do and getting stuff right? And if you didn't get stuff right, you got it wrong. And if you got wrong, then you got punished or penalized. Um, you know, it's pretty crazy what it is that we can do moving forward from this step to be able to find love and harmony in our lives to rewrite some of those some some of those patterns that are no longer working for us and working in our in our greatest in our greatest best interest. Um, you know, so again, thinking about how we look through the lens of life, through the lens of love or through the, through the lens of fear. If we're looking through life through the lens of fear, what is it that we're going to attract more? What is it that we're going to be skeptical of? I've seen so many people for a long time. I was a relationship coach, but way back when I first started in coaching, I love helping people with their relationships, either their personal relationships or their, their business relationships. And what I started finding is if they were looking through the lens of life through, through the lens of fear, then it was all about protecting themselves. I have to protect myself so I don't get hurt. And I have to make sure that these people are worthy of my love and all these different things. If you are acting the Karen, you know, no offense to the Karens out there. I have some friends that are named Karen. I feel bad for them. Um, if you're acting the Karen, then do you think it's possible you might offend or push away somebody in your life that actually would have been there for your greater good and for your greater love? I've seen it so many times. Like, you know, can you look back on your life where there was somebody that you actually pushed away because you were afraid of falling in love and feeling love and potentially, you know, going through that process of getting hurt? And a lot of people can do that. Well, yep, I look back on my life. There was this one guy, this that guy named Jerry or this, this girl named Michelle, whoever it might have been for yourself that you pushed away because you are afraid of getting hurt. Again, looking through that lens of fear or lens of love. When you're looking through life at a lens of love, you're not holding people in your future responsible for the things that people did in your past. So, so often people are like, well, Chris, I've been hurt so many times before. And, you know, I just can't trust anybody and I have to protect myself and all these different things. If you feel that way and you think that way, guess what you're probably going to do? You're probably going to offend or piss people off or push them away way sooner than they even have an opportunity to get to know that the fact that you had some challenging relationships and some challenging conditional beliefs that you had as a, as a kid that has led into your adult life. You got to have, you got to look through life through the lens of love and just understand that, yes, there are people out there who are toxic and will take advantage of you and will hurt you. But again, you know, it goes back to that statement, hurt people will hurt people. But when we choose to break that cycle of insanity within ourselves, if we choose to start seeing ourselves from a loving, abundant standpoint that can actually help other people who are in that hurting space, just think about the abundance of love that we can have for humanity overall in the world today. And so I myself, looking at things from my childhood, I did not love very easily. I did not get love very easily. Um, so I was very cut and dry. I was very cold. And it wasn't until I started meeting some amazing people in my life that the questioned that had me question how I approach relationships and how I approach people. For me, it was all watching what my mom did. And I saw what she did and, it was, you know, monkey see monkey do kind of thing. And it wasn't for the fact that I had an amazing relationship uh, with a lady named Tammy White when I was 18 years old, fresh out of being homeless. Um, she gave me unconditional love. You know, here I was, I'd been homeless for four years, dug in dumpsters, lived in the backseat of a station wagon, you know, dropped out of school in the seventh grade, all these things that most people would have said, Oh, I don't want to be around that guy. He's probably a drug addict. He probably stinks. He probably has this or that, you know, he's probably stupid or whatever. She didn't look at me. She looked in me. And with that, you know, her family were, were amazing people, Beverly and Bill and her sister, Tiffany, and uh, the rest of the family. They were amazing people because they didn't look at me. They looked within me and they didn't care what experiences that I had. They cared about what I cared about and they cared about loving on me and getting me to a point where I wasn't so victimized from my past that I was able to start showing love and appreciation for other people, irregardless of that fear that I had in myself um, to be afraid of being judged or to be uh, rejected or hurt. 
um, because most of my life I was rejected. You know, I was always a different type of person. I never had a biological father. So playing with kids growing up, you know, I wanted to play sports, but I didn't know how to play sports. So I embarrassed myself more than a few times thinking that I knew how to play a particular game and then I didn't and then got ridiculed by the kids. So I just learned pretty quickly to not take risks and not try to do things that I definitely knew I couldn't do or, or even try to do those things just to play it safe in order to get that love and that affection. So when you think about your own life, are you looking through the lens of love predominantly in, in the people that you meet, the strangers that you meet, the people that you keep in close contact, your coworkers and things of that nature? Or are you looking at those people through the lens of fear? What potentially can they do to me? What are they trying to take from me? What are they trying to prove to me? They're egotistical, they're this, they're that. If you're judging people on the get-go in a negative way before you even know them, those assumptions will lead to a lot of heartache and a lot of failures in your life. And it will be failures because you didn't invest the right amount of yourself in that relationship because you expected maybe somebody else to prove to you why it is that you that they, they deserve to be loved by you. And so we really got to sit there and look at that within ourselves and ask ourselves, you know, what type of life do we ultimately want? Do we want ultimately a life of inclusion and abundance and love, or do we want a life of protectionism and scarcity and, you know, I'm, nobody's going to get one over on me, but ultimately what are you going to do? You're going to end up living this life all by yourself. And I know people that are do that. They're like, Chris, I'd rather live by myself and be miserable than, than, than risk going through another relationships that might, that might bring me heartache. And to that, I say, you're, you're, you're wasting your life, man. Because there's so many beautiful people out there. And I've coached people through these situations where they had been hurt. You know, they had been victimized. They'd been raped. They had been assaulted uh, by people within their family and all sorts of horrific things that had happened. But I asked them, you know, are you willing to open up your perspective and start to allow a love and abundance in your life? Uh, and they said, yes. And sure enough, I said, what are, what are some things that you could start doing right away that, that can show yourself that you love yourself? Because so many times we're often like pouring ourselves out to make everybody else like us and, and to feel included that we don't have anything left for ourselves. And when we're kids, we're told very skeptically, don't be selfish right? When you think about your life, were you told not to be selfish? Oh, you should share your things. You don't, you should be selfish, selfish, selfish. Try to say selfish when you're thinking and not saying shellfish. Uh, you can screw those two things up. So again, you know, inviting yourself to sit there and look at things from a different perspective. And over the course of, you know, the last couple of years during COVID and everything else, my way of giving back to, to humanity to make this world a better place was my coaching. I mean, I can do this all day long. I make a great living at it. And so I just decided to start giving complimentary coaching sessions to people who were struggling and trying to maintain their hope through COVID and everything else and the shifting uh, world and all the wars and everything else and the, and the shootings and, the, and the, all the different things that were going on. I asked him, I said, you know, do you love yourself? Yes or no? And uh, amazingly so, about 75 people out of 200, um, really 75% of 200 people uh, really struggle with loving themselves. And the reason why they wanted the coaching call with me because they were frustrated with their life. They were, they were, they were feeling like they were missing out on things and they were no longer happy doing the things that they were doing. So I asked them, I said, what, what things do you think would change if you started showing more love to yourself? And they said, you know, I don't even know what that looks like. And so I started asking him, like, you know, what, what things would you do for yourself to show love for yourself? And we would talk a lot about different things, you know, taking myself out on a date or buying myself something nice. And then we would just go to like the core things that you could show yourself that you love yourself is by taking care of yourself, right? By nurturing yourself, by talking to yourself positively. So I go through the five areas with these people. I'm like, how is your sleep? Oh, I don't get very much sleep. You know, I, I toss and turn. Uh, I just can't shut my mind off. Okay. So without good proper sleep, I actually wear an aura ring. It's right here. So it actually tracks my sleep. It tracks my, my light sleep, my uh, deep sleep and my, um, 
uh, REM sleep, you know, which is where you dream. Uh, but the deep sleep is where your body gets restored, your physical body and your mind get restored when that deep sleep. And that's, you know, there's different cycles in the sleep process of every, every 90 minutes, basically going in and out of these uh, sleep cycles. So if you're not getting the right proper amount of sleep, you're not getting the number of hours sleep, or if you're not getting the deep restorative sleep, then are you going to be able to make quality decisions? Are you going to be operating from a quality standpoint and a mindset if you're constantly fatigued and overrun and, and, and drawn out? Of course not. So number one, you got to find out a way to get better sleep. I have the aura ring. Um, it's something I did. I started realizing that I thought when I drank alcohol that I slept better, but I found out I would sleep and I would fall asleep and I wouldn't stay, stay asleep, but my heart rate would be uh, higher than normal. So I would never get any of the deep sleep or restorative sleep. So I quickly found out like not eating late was a good thing. Um, not having carbonated or caffeinated, caffeinated beverages before I went to sleep. And really kind of looking at how I wind down from the day to ensure that my mind and my body are ready to relax. I'm not staring at my phone at 11 o'clock at night or watching videos or watching things that are cause me to think, you know, reading a good book or doing some meditation or taking an Epsom salt bath, doing things of that nature to get yourself prepared for a good quality sleep um, is imperative. And one of the things that you can do is getting daily exercise. So when I was asking these people about their regimen of their self-care, um, little to no exercise, uh, uh, intentional. So they say, Oh, I get exercise when I'm doing things around the house, or I get exercise when I'm doing this or that. But by being intentional with your exercise and your self-care of what it is that you need to be doing that again can lend to that proper sleep. So if you're running around and you're burned out and you're frustrated and you're fatigued and you're not getting any proper exercise where you're not elevating your heart rate on purpose and you're not de-elevating it, um, um, on purpose, talking about your your um, heart rate levels, you know how they fluctuate shows the sign of a, of a strong heart. So for me, I learned on pretty quickly that that working out for me was a self love component, but it was also a way for me to reduce a lot of the the frustration and anger and resentment and things that I carried against humanity for the way I was treated as a kid. So I would go to the gym and I'd get my workout in and I'd feel great and I would feel pumped and I'd get a lot of that aggression out so that when I would start interacting with people again, you know, after my workout, I would be a lot better. I'd be like, hey, what's going on? And one of the things I started doing as I was starting to grow into this opportunity to, to, to have more self-love for myself was not, you know, fake it till you make it, but act as if. Act as if the whole world loves me. Act as if I'm worthy of love. Act as if that I'm taking care of myself and I love myself unconditionally. You think about those things, again, your brain has been wired so significantly since the day you were born and through those first five years that there's a lot of stuff to unpack and you can't expect it to happen overnight. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's not going to be easy, but it will be worth it on the other side of those things. So taking care of your sleep and getting the proper exercise. The next thing on the list is nutrition. Oh, Chris, I don't have time. I can't afford it. I got this going on. I got this going on. I'll do better next time and all these other things. And I've seen over the years, people before they had kids, when they had kids, when their kids were growing up, you know, they sit there and they, they play that someday someday game with themselves. And I know a few of my friends that I've known for 20, 30 years who are now on multiple medications. A few of them are either diabetic or pre-diabetic because they never had time. They never had the money to go, go out there and take care of themselves. So I asked them now, I said, do you have the time to go to the pharmacy and refill your medications? Do you have the time to go to all your doctor's appointments? Do you have time now to undo the bullshit that you did to yourself? and try to like tack on a few years to your life. Otherwise you might die early. And every single one of those people regretted the fact, you know, Chris, I thought it was a badge of honor by how much I was doing. I thought it was a badge of honor by putting myself last and putting us everybody else first and showing everybody how much I cared about them. I thought that was helping them. But ultimately, if I'm not here to help them continue, then what was that all for? And so again, if you don't have longevity in your life and you, you're, you're, you're not taking care of yourself, you know, think about the nutrition factor of your life excuse me, will you 
fast forward, if you look ahead in your life and you think about, wow, I have diabetes and I might get a leg amputation or I might, you know, get a finger or toe amputation. Are you going to look back and say, wow, I'm so glad that I suffered and I, and I put myself through all that shit just to be sitting here today, potentially looking at having some of my limbs removed because I didn't take that quality of care of myself because I said and, and gave myself all these excuses. Stop giving yourself excuses and start giving yourself roads to opportunity to show yourself that self-love because I could promise you, as you start doing that, as you start taking care of yourself, it is not selfish, but the empowerment that you feel, the confidence that you feel, the, the, the elevation in your mood and your feeling of your body every single day, feeling better and you're feeling like you're in, you're in alignment with your core values. You know, it's pretty crazy what it is that you could do. And so in addition to nutrition, one of the other things that I look at for myself is vitamin D. You know, depending on where you're at in the world, you know, if you live in a cold climate where there's not very much sunshine in the wintertime, you know, vitamin D, if you have a vitamin D deficiency, that can lead to depression. So I know for myself back here in California, uh, many years ago, it was like it rained for two weeks straight. And I just found myself feeling funky and just like depressed and just isolated and just icky. And then I was driving home and I'm like, oh, shit, I haven't seen the sun in, in a couple of weeks. And so what I did is I went home and I ordered some vitamin D supplements and I started taking them. And then when the sun came out, I started taking 10 minute daily walks during my job when I was in corporate and I would go out there and I get 10 minutes of sunshine every day. And I would just do some deep breathing and I would talk positively to myself, which is something we're going to talk about here in a second. And as I started doing those things, it was not an overnight change. And sometimes I feel like, oh, it's not making any difference. You know, I'm eating a little bit better. I'm getting a little bit more exercise. You know, I'm journaling a little bit more. I'm getting some of my emotions and my feelings out there, but I'm just still not all there. And one other aspect of our self-care, which is massive, is hydration. Good old H2O, ladies and gentlemen. Um, go Google this. You can find out for yourself that you, your body is like 80%, 75-80% water. So if you're not drinking water, and I know some of you fuckers out there don't drink water, how can you expect to feel good? How can you expect if your body is dehydrated and your mind is dehydrated, you think about it if you drink, how great of the decisions do you make when you're hungover? You don't because you're dehydrated and you just want a short-term fix. You want the short-term gratification. You know what? I'm just going to have burgers and fries and just sit on the couch and veg out today because I just can't deal with anything else because you had that particular moment. Whether you drank or not, if you're dehydrated and you're not making as clear of, of, of decisions that you could be making. If you're not taking better care of yourself, if you're going for that short-term gratification, again, that's going to build up over time. And then you're going to be faced with the, the fact one day, like, oh, wow, where did this additional 40 pounds come on? Oh, wow. Why did my, my A1C numbers, my diet, my, my sugar numbers, why did they go up? You know, you have to take responsibility for yourself. And when you take that hydration very seriously, you know, you start to feel, you notice, I notice now when I'm not, when I'm not fully hydrated, I could tell there's like, I feel lethargic. And I don't want to make any important decisions. I don't feel like doing podcasts. I don't feel like doing anything that really requires my brain to work. So, you know, think about that. So you got nutrition, you got sleep, you got exercise, and now you got hydration, right? And then you got vitamin D. Those things, those areas will have a dramatic input in your life. So what I want you to do, if nothing else from this broadcast, write these five things down in your life and then make sure, like for me, I know that these are 32 ounces and I know four of them as, as a gallon. And I'm not a doctor, but uh, studies show drink half your body weight in ounces of water. So if I'm 220 pounds, I will drink 110 ounces of water. Pretty simple. Um, and so when I do that, I feel great. And one of the benchmarks for knowing if you're drinking enough water, if you're not uh, over, over 
hydrated is the color of your urine. So you want it to be a light yellow. I always went for clear. I always thought clear was better, but then I found out if you're overhydrated, that can also not be so great for you as well. So the goal is to make sure definitely your urine, urine doesn't have any odor or stuff like that when you first wake up in the morning, but try to get it for a light yellow color consistency. Have your water when you're thirsty, but make sure you're drinking that stuff before you're drinking sodas and coffee and everything else, because those will dehydrate you as well. So just think about it. nutrition, sleep, hydration, vitamin D, um, exercise, all those areas, that's self-love. Those are the core areas of self-love. What you can do beyond that, treat yourself to a spa day, treat yourself to something nice, treat yourself to dinner, treat yourself to something, you know, a new pair of exercise shoes or whatever it might be. Something because so many people are like, oh, I got to do this for these people and I just don't have enough money. So I want to spend the money on my kid or whatever. You have to invest in yourself you know, set a goal for yourself and say, Hey, listen, I'm going to go to the gym for the next two weeks. I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. And on the completion of that, I'm going to take myself out to breakfast or I'm going to buy myself some new exercise clothes or something like that. Reward yourself, give yourself an incentive to do the things that you, that you don't necessarily maybe want to do, but I can, I can assure you this. Once you get into this, this, this cycle of doing these things and taking care of yourself, people are going to start to know it. Your skin's going to look a little clearer. You're going to be getting better sleep. You're going to wake up feeling better in the morning. And what I want you also to do in the morning when you, when you wake up is before your eyes open, say what you're grateful for, and then set the intention for the day, set the intention for the day that you're going to love on yourself, set the intention for the day that you're going to share your love with the world, no matter what it is that you've gone through or been through previously in your life, do those things because those little actions will build upon themselves. It's called compound interest. There's a great book out there by Darren Hardy. Uh, he was the former editor for success magazine. It's called the compound principle. And he talks about all these little bitty things that we do every single day, day in and day out. If we continue to apply them, if we continue to raise up the ante, if you will, in what it is that we're doing, you will see that compound interest for your life manifest itself. You will start attracting better relationships. You'll start seeing opportunities for promotions in your job because now you're taking on more and you're getting your stuff done on time. Your kids are going to notice. They're like, man, mom or dad has been in such a better mood because you start taking care of yourself. You start loving yourself. And I've mentioned this a few times, but the way you talk to yourself, the way we talk to ourselves is one of the most paramount issues facing our world today because the people that I talk to, I'm like, give me an example of how you talk to yourself. I'm like, oh, Chris, I, I don't even want to say that. I'm too embarrassed. I'm like, well, would you talk that way to somebody? Would you let somebody you love talk that way to themselves? And they're like, no. Every single time, everybody says no. So why do you allow it for yourself? Why do you sit there and say, oh, I'm such a dumbass. I always screw that up. I'm not worthy of love. I don't, I don't deserve love. I always screw it up. You know, I cheated on my spouse last time, so I'm an asshole. Sure, we make mistakes, ladies and gentlemen. That's a part of life. But if you learn from them, then I call them learning opportunities. You know, so again, when you're thinking about the way you talk to yourself, you know, have love and empathy, empathy for yourself. Don't talk to yourself as though, you know, you're a piece of shit because guess what? Then your actions aren't going to support the fact that you are a worthy, beautiful human being, worthy of love, um, capable of loving so many people at the same time. And, you know, really just like reset your mindset about, how it is that you think and feel about yourself in such a way that you would want to set the example for your kids, whether your kids are young or whether your kids are grown, set the example for your friends or your spouse or people in the world, or just do it for yourself. How about that? How about just loving on yourself and, and taking the care to talk to yourself in such a way that supports that common growth? You know, hey, I may have sucked at math before, but perhaps if I get a tutor, I'll be better at it. Hey, you know, I've, I've not always been good with my timelines, but perhaps if I get, get rid of some of the stuff that I'm tolerating, I'll have more time to do the important things and be more successful at that. You know, you got to sit there and you got to shift the way you're looking at things because when you do that, it's amazing what things shift. And Dr. Wayne Dyer said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And so when I think about 
you know, the, the process of, of the self-love that we we're talking about, eliminate two words from your vocabulary, always and never. Oh, I always screw things up. I'll never have the relationships I want. You know, I always screw up my jobs. I'll never get promotions or I'll never have the right friends who tell me the truth or whatever it is. When you say that, those solidifying statements activate your reticular activation system. And that's what you go out there and you find. You want to find evidence for that because that substantiates my victim status. Oh, I'm in a victim status. You know, you may not consciously be aware of it, but if you're treating yourself like a victim, then why would anybody else want to treat you like a victor? Think about that. Think about that, right? You know, there's people out there that are trying to save other people. You know, we've got those people out there. Um, not necessarily a bad thing, but you got to save yourself first. You have to want it bad enough for yourself. And one of the things that I've found with people who come to me with these excuses, like, Chris, I don't have time to take care of myself. I don't have time to exercise because I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. When you catch yourself saying the word have, like, I have to do this, I got to do this, ask yourself why. Ask yourself, what's the, what's the alternative? You know, I was just working with somebody recently and they're like, oh, Chris, you know, I don't have any extra time for myself. I have to get dinner prepared. I have to make the lunches. I have to do the laundry. I have to clean the house. I'm like, you have a full-time job too, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, where's your husband? Where are your kids throughout this? Oh yeah. When they do it, they just do a half-assed job. So I wind up having to redo it anyway. So I just do it. I'm like, well, guess why they do a half-assed job? Because if they do a half-assed job, then they're not going to, you're not going to want them to do it. And they get to go out there and do whatever it is that they want to do. And you get to clean up the mess. And most people don't understand the fact that you don't like to clean up the mess. You do it anyway, because that's just, you're just keeping the peace. So this is a, another exercise that I invite you to sit down with yourself and to do is write down what you're tolerating from yourself, from others, and from inanimate objects. And when you take that list, you take that pen and paper and you write it out, right? I keep pen and paper by my side all the time. When you write that out, be honest with yourself. Like, what are you really tolerating from other people that if you no longer tolerated could open up an hour of your day every single day? Well, Chris, you know, what's an hour? What's an hour? What's an hour? Again, going back to that compound interest, an hour, 365 days in a row is 365 hours that you dedicated to writing your book, that you dedicated to writing a business plan, that you dedicated to developing that product idea that you had, that you dedicated to clearing the clutter in your house, that you dedicated to reading books about relationships. One hour a day built on itself. Can you imagine how much different your life would be in six months? right? So here's what I want you to do. Write down those tolerations again for yourself, for others, and from inanimate objects. And then ask yourself, what is it on this list that I can do by where eliminating one third of these tolerations will free up X amount of hours so that I can devote to myself. And it's not selfish. Again, don't, if you catch yourself like, I feel like I'm being selfish. No, that's self-love. Because I can tell you when I love myself and when I got to a point where I truly loved myself and I took care of myself and I didn't feel guilty or ashamed about it, my ability and my capacity to love others, to have faith and to have patience with other people who are perhaps, you know, normally pissing me off was, was, uh, uh, was a lot, you know, it was pretty crazy how me loving myself and having peace and patience with myself and making amends with the situations that have been wronged to me in the past my capacity for love and empathy and forgiveness to so many other people was that much more developed. And so when we think about that again, you know, who in your past is potentially made you feel a certain way, you know, maybe you were wronged by somebody, you were betrayed by somebody, maybe your parents, maybe a former spouse or a loved one. What would it be like if you found empathy and compassion and forgiveness for that particular person? What type of weight would you be lifted off lifting off your shoulders? right? When you think about that, I know for me, you know, if you guys are new to the show, I'll tell you this, my was, I was homeless for the age from the age of 13 to 17. 
And uh, during that time, I went through a lot of bullshit. I went through a lot of tough things. And so obviously I had a lot of anger and resentment towards my mother because she chose her cats and her dog and her cigarettes and her beer and everything else before she chose to feed me. And that's the way the hierarchy was for those four years. It was about, we've got to feed the cats. We've got to feed the dog. We've got to have cigarettes and beer and we have to put money away for our storage unit. And then, oh yeah, we get to eat. And so having that pain and that resentment and that animosity caused me not to trust people and caused me to kind of have a similar aspect of, of my opinions. Like my mom did. My mom was very angry and very uh, bitter and, and obtruse with people because she wanted to protect herself. She was, she was uh, uh, abandoned when she was four years old, her parents got divorced. And so all these different things, again, that conditioning process built up in Samantha Blake, where she had to protect herself and she had to be the aggressor because if she was the one that was the aggressor, then she never got that opportunity to get hurt. If she was in control, if she was able to raise her voice that meant that she was protected and she was safe and secure and that she was in control of the situations so for me it got to the point where i was like man what would it feel like if i no longer had this anger and resentment towards my mother how much more effective and better would my personal relationships be my per my relationship with my girlfriend and my wife whatever it might be I'm, i don't have both by the way um and i started realizing like man i would have so much more capacity to love because i wouldn't have that occupying my brain and so i just literally thought about it. i'm like how can I have empathy and forgiveness for my mother? And it came down to the fact, like she kept saying she was four years old. I'm like, four years old. What does that mean? What are you for? You're a grown ass woman. Mom start acting like it. And so I, Oh, ding, ding, ding. Four years old. That's when her parents got divorced. Okay. So, and that changed a lot of what her life was like. She went and lived with her mother who was very, very abusive physically and mentally, spiritually, um, didn't let her be a normal little girl, basically wanted her to be super smart and to the point where she graduated high school at 15 and she started going into the University of Santa Barbara at 16 years old. And I thought my mom was full of shit, but I actually saw the paperwork in her personal items after she passed away. And so she wasn't full of shit. She actually did that, but her mom drove her so hard that it compromised her ability to love herself and her ability to have find loving relationships in other people because she wasn't allowed to have those relationships. So, you know, you fast forward to where she's 17, 18, 19 years old. She's going to UC Santa Barbara and she's getting around all this different people in this different way of life, drugs and alcohol and everything else. She found her escape. She found, um, found love and affection through sex with, um, with the opposite sex and, you know, and kind of just created her persona to protect herself, to be always in control, but she ended up dying alone and lonely. And that really sucks. I mean, she had some friends, but you know, most everybody was like, who the fuck is that lady? Let me stay away from her. But when I started having empathy and forgiveness and respect for what she had been through and that, although she could have chose to have different outcomes in her life, the outcome that she had was what it was, but it was nothing personal towards me. And once I took myself out of the equation, I'm like, what is it about me that she doesn't love or like it's something within herself again, hurt people, hurt people. And so I was able to sit there and have love and empathy and compassion for herself. It was almost like in that situation, it was almost like overnight, I had so much more capacity to love. And there was no longer me about being guarded and, 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 and aware of what this person might be doing and what they're calculating, what they're trying to figure out about me and this whole game. I was able to let that all go and just trust in the flow and trust in the opportunity for, for a loving life. You know, when we think about how much love is a part of our existence and our, and our experience, it's super important. And so that's what I want from you guys from tonight, from this conversation is, is think about like animals. You know, if you have animals, you know, that animals have unconditional love. You know, you can be, you could be rate them for, for eating the, the, the cat's food out of the, you know, I do this to my dog. He goes in the eats the cat's food out of the bowl. And I'm like, Ozzy, you know, you got to stop doing that. And I get all frustrated with him. He doesn't remember that. If I walk up to the next moment and say, Ozzy, I love you. He just gets all excited. He has that mind of forgiveness. He has that love. And I want that for us. 
you know, as humanity, there's so much chaos and uncertainty going on in the world today. And if you watch the news, I mean, if you watch Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or whatever other news outlets there are, I don't watch the news personally. Um, they want us divided and they're talking about all this fear and this hate and the scarcity and everything else for us to live that, that scared life. But we have to break out of those patterns for ourselves and for our family and for our future friends and, and, and loved ones that we're going to have in our life. I would not be sitting here today recording this show um, because, you know, I want to do this for my wife. I want her to know that I care about our relationship. So I'm going to record my show so that after I get done with this, I can go downstairs and we can have a nice dinner, have some dessert spend time with my son, maybe watch a, a romantic comedy or something like that, and just enjoy the night and together for ourselves. But I'm doing this right now as my way of showing her that love because I had that capacity to love. Before I didn't care, it was just about a matter of what I got and what I was doing to satisfy my ego and to satisfy the hits that I get with my podcast and everything else. But because I have that capacity to love so much more that I put other people's love and their experiences high on my list, you know, and it's not going against anything that I have. It's just a matter of giving that love unconditionally and knowing that it's there whenever I need it as well. And if that gets to be a point where it's not there anymore, then that's again, going back to that toleration of what it is that we're doing to ourselves. Because if you're staying stuck in miserable relationships, whether they're work relationships or personal relationships, if you're staying stuck and miserable in those situations, guess what? You got to go look in the mirror and go, that fucker right there is the one that's making these choices and these decisions. Start having capacity to love yourself more. I've seen people who have not, not been in a relationship their adult life. I'm like, why don't you take six months to a year and not date anybody and just date yourself? Go out for a nice dinner once in a while. Start focusing on your personal growth and your improvement physically and uh, spiritually and mentally. And then see where, see where you're at when you go back out in the dating world, how much of a different of a person you are. And then get really clear about who it is that you want and what you will accept and what you won't accept. Because a lot of people out there who don't have that worthiness for themselves and that self-love for themselves often pick people who will take advantage of them. And they think, oh, they're so perfect and they're so this and they're so that, but they get lost in that. And then all of a sudden they wind up being another whipping person and they don't have that, that love for themselves to make that change and make that break to get out of that situation. You know, so many women that I talk to, especially said, oh, Chris, I, I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have anything. You know, I know Monica Kretschmer. I know she's the, the founder of um, Universal Women's Network up in Canada that she literally was in a very great relationship. She was in a, in a marriage and she had her seven-year-old son. And things got so bad that she went from donating to this place for women, abused women and homeless women to being a guest there. So she literally packed her son up in the middle of the night and left this abusive relationship to go to a abused women's shelter, not as a donator, but as, a, as an actual client. And she said that was one of the hardest things that she had to do. But today she started the Universal Women's Network and now she's a powerful woman paving the way for so many other women because she started founding, finding strength and resiliency that she didn't have to put up with that abusive relationship anymore. And was it hard? Yes, absolutely. Was it uncomfortable? Yes. Is she still having to fight some things in, in you know, 20 years later? Absolutely. But at the same time, she's, she's flying her freak flag and she's really enjoying the life that she's created for herself. And she's set the example for what her son can live by. So staying in an abusive uh, relationship that has no, no, promising future. What are you teaching your kids? You know, think about that. What are you doing? Is it going to be hard? Absolutely. Will it be easy? No, but will it be worth it? A hundred percent. And so when you think about that, we got to let through that shame and that guilt and animosity and everything else that might be going on in our lives and find out the ways to love ourselves more. What are some ways that you can love on yourself? What are some things that you've been meaning to do for yourself? Like going for a spa day or buying yourself a new outfit or, or getting some new makeup or, or, or getting whatever it is that, that will make you feel good. When's the last time you did something good for yourself? 
That's one thing you can ask yourself. Um, another thing you can definitely do is write down what you're grateful for. That's one of the things that I use in my life to recenter myself in so many different situations. Like, what can I be grateful in this moment? We just found out a couple of weeks ago, my mom, my wife's mother uh, got diagnosed with breast cancer. And so what can we find in these moments to be grateful for? We're grateful for the, the, the medicine, the medical technology is so far advanced now that with this particular type of breast cancer, it reacts quickly to the chemotherapy. Uh, and then now that she's 80 years old, she really doesn't need her breasts anymore, just being candid with you. So she's like, I'm going to get a double mastectomy and I won't have to worry about those things anymore. So there are opportunities for gratitude, even in the darkest times. But if you continually to go to that dark time and you think about the, the, the scarcity and you think about the fear associated with that, you're going to stay limited in your life and you're not going to really grow and, and, and blossom into the person that you really need to be. And I'm sitting here today as that guy. Sure. I still have my immediate reactions to things where I'm protectionistic and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you trying to do? But then I'm like, Chris. I let that wash over me. And I'm like, no, Chris, you're a beautifully capably loving person out there giving love to everybody, irregardless of how you look and that what people perceive about you, you continue to give that love and you continue to make people smile when you're at the grocery stand. You know, I always try to make the, the grocery clerk's day, you know, like she goes home and at the end of the day and tells her spouse or they tell their spouse or whatever it is, um, man, there was this guy in my line. He looked all, all sorts of the biker, but he was a real sweetheart. And he actually made me smile that day when everybody else was being a dick. Whatever it is that you can do in your life, it starts with loving yourself more and thinking about that, even to the point of like writing down what you value. What are your values? You know, I value integrity. I value, I value honesty. I, I value respect. I value people who take care of themselves. And then look at the people in your life, right? You look at the five people you hang around the most. Are those people out there loving on themselves? Are those people out there doing and living the life that, that you want to live? Or are they in the same situation as you are? And you just sit around and you bitch, piss, and moan about what it is that's not working. And you hope, wish, and pray that someday thought something's going to change or somebody's going to come rescue you or that your spouse or your friend is going to change. They're not going to change. Number one, you're going to have open and honest communication. So many people out there are in frustrating relationships and situations, but they have not communicated that frustration to anybody who has any impact on what they can do to make it better. So you're bitch pissing and moaning about all these things, but you're not actually talking to the right person. So have open and honest communication with those you love. And hey, listen, this is something I've been kept bottling up, bottling up inside of me, but I need to have this conversation with you. And together, I want to work on this. If we need to go to counseling, we need to go to counseling, but start being vocal and start being aware and start recognizing the patterns that you're putting yourself through and put a stop to that. Again, it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be totally worth it. And when you go to your spouse or you go to your friend or you go to your partner, your business associate, and you start making roads um, to be more collaborative and to understand one another more, and they don't want to have anything to do with it, that should be a clear sign to you to go find new people. And when you start surrounding yourself with people who are brighter than smarter than you are, and you get masterminds, you get into masterminds, you get coaches, you get mentors. And so you can call the person and say, Hey, I'm having this moment right now. Am I being a shithead or do I have val validity in this, this perspective that I have? And you want honest people in your life to be able to sit there and say, Chris, you know what? You have a skewed perspective right now. I wouldn't see things from the vantage point that you're seeing. And here's why. And so when you have those people, those trusted advisors in your life, and you're able to step back from that situation and go, wow, I was going to react to that situation, but now I'm going to choose to respond to the situation. Now I see it with a wider lens of love rather than a close lens of fear. I'm able to, to, to respond to something different and perhaps make it even better than it was before. And so again, having that self-love in your life, having that gratitude and that resiliency for yourself, that belief in yourself and taking those actions to support it again with the hydration, nutrition, sleep, exercise, vitamin D, 
you start taking care of those things, it's incredible what you will feel like. And you get around the other people and you stop tolerating the bullshit you've been tolerating. You will start waking up and feeling new. You'll start walking, you know, taller and your shoulders back, you know, do those things. Walk as though you have a, a mission. Walk as though you are important. Walk as though you do love yourself. You know, so many people are just like walking around like, mm, I can I please have like, no, assert yourself, own your space. This is your life. This isn't anybody else's life. And if you're blaming somebody else for why you're miserable, you're missing the point. And I'll give you another example before I let you guys go. I didn't really think I was going to go this long. Um, and if you're getting value out of this, please share this out. Uh, I would appreciate you sharing it out, share it out with a few notes, but even my sister, you know, I told this, the story here periodically, but my sister left when she was 16 years old and I was nine years old. And I didn't see her again until I was in my thirties and she was in her forties. It wasn't until 2005 when we connected because of the internet and come to find out my sister left when she was 16 because she couldn't, didn't like my mom anymore. She actually hated her. And, you know, she went to go live with her normal dad and his new wife. And by all accounts and all measures, she should have grown up normal and happy and, and, and loving and everything else. Me, I spent the time with my mom who, who drove away her final husband, drove away her own daughter. And then it was us homeless in the backseat of a station wagon for four years off and on and then out of the streets and then out of motels. And then finally I had to get out of that situation because I had a gun put to my head, almost got my head blown off. And yet we reconnect, you know, so many years later and my sister is exactly like my mother. And she's like, well, mom did this and mom did this. And mom, I'm like, Maria, you left when you were 16 years old. How do you still hold this anchor to yourself? You know, she was just a miserable person. She was on antidepressants. She was fired from every job she had. She had a bunch of cats and a bunch of books like my mom did. She turned out exactly like her. And to the point where a year after we reconnected, I had to wish her well. I'm like, you are so sold and so bought on to your victimhood that there is nothing I can see or anybody else can say to get you to change your mind because you don't want to. You still live in that victim mindset because it works for you. Stop that shit. Quit that. That's a waste of life. I mean, I feel bad for her. I feel bad for her that I had to wish her well back in 2005 that she could be an aunt to my son right now, but there is no way I was going to do that. Guess how much better I felt about myself when I no longer continued to have that in my life. There was no way she was going to change and I was not going to put myself below what I deserved in order to make her happy. There was no way I was going to do it. And was it tough? Did I want my family together? Absolutely. But I wished her well and I meant it. I've done that with friends. I've done that with friends I've outgrown. No offense to them. I would be there tomorrow if they said, hey, Chris, I need your help. But I want to be around people who love themselves and take care of themselves and invest themselves and have pride in themselves and have integrity with their values. Again, write down your values. And then as you're going through life, does this align with my values? If it doesn't, then stop doing what it is that you're doing. And that end that cycle of insanity. And I promise you, in a year, two years, three years, you're going to look back and go, wow, that was not easy, but it was definitely worth it. And whatever I can do, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here for you. That's what I want this world to be. I want this world to be an amazing place full of loving people who care and respect about one another. We can have our differences. We can have arguments. We can have debates. But at the end of the day, if we seek first to understand, then to be understood, and we lead with love in our heart to be able to sit there and say, I'm going to approach this conversation. I know it's going to be challenging. I know it may get bitter and ugly, but I'm going to approach this, set, this conversation with love and that the ultimate outcome is something that we both can and have, have, uh, have our desires in to make happen right? You think about that. So together we can make this world a better place from the top of the broadcast. I talked about helping heal humanity. Healing humanity starts within ourselves. And then we share that shit outwards. 
And right now, the boys and girls in this world, the young kids and the youth of this world need us. They need us to get our shit together. They need us to start treating each other better. They need us to stop having this so much anger and animosity that to the point where people are going out and shooting other people in public places, left, right, and center. There was just another shooting at the University of Michigan. Why does this continue to happen? Because people are miserable. They're keeping everything bottled up inside and they get pissed off and they see what other people are doing. Like, well, those fuckers shouldn't be happy. So I'm going to take their happiness away. People are doing it to their own families. They're killing their own families and then killing themselves. That's because we're not, uh, not addressing the mental health issue. We're not addressing that issue of people don't love themselves. They don't like themselves. And so they're, they're encased in this body of frustration and anger. And what do they do? They blow up. And they, they have to find some way to release it. So they kill people or they do go do horrible things. Let's stop that shit. Go look in the mirror, look at yourself in the eyes and tell yourself, listen, no matter what you've done in the past, no matter what indiscretions or things that you did that you're not proud of today, I offer empathy and forgiveness to you and say that to yourself. And I'd start by honoring and loving myself from this day forward, taking better care of myself in those five key areas to get around people that are brighter than smarter to me, let go of the things that are no longer working for me and choose to live and see life through the lens of love, not the lens of fear. I promise you guys, it'll be amazing what it is that you can do. And I'm, I'm lighting you up right now because together we can stand up and make this world a better place. So thank you guys for uh, enjoying this broadcast. I didn't think I was going to be going this long. I appreciate you guys. If there's anything I can do, reach out to me, Christopher at ChristopherRoush.com. Or of course, you can always go to NoExcusesCoach.com. NoExcusesCoach.com. I'll even put it up on the, I'll even put it up here for you guys right there. NoExcusesCoach.com. I appreciate you guys. Let me know what types of broadcasts you want on this show. Um, we're going to be going through our second round of, uh, of booking guests uh, here in 2023. So let me know who you want to see, uh, what types of subjects you want to see here on the, uh, the Ron and Scripted Show. And I will cater those to you. We're actually going on our fourth year already. Can you believe it? Um, and we are on episode 198 today. And uh, I just appreciate you guys, whether you're live or on the replay, whether you're watching the video cast or the podcast, please continue to support the show. If you watch the video cast, please subscribe to the podcast um, because that helps us get seen by other lists and things of that nature, you know, and personal development, personal growth. So together we can make this world a better place. So I appreciate you guys. We'll be back here next Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific standard time. Again, no excuses, coach.com. Go out there, be brilliant. I love you. I love you guys. I really do. I may have never met you. I may have never heard of you, but I do love you. And together we can help love humanity and we can make this world a much, much better place by loving ourselves first. So please, self-love, no selfish love. Love you guys. Peace.